Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em, But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse who you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn For the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn You had a cheek before I drop you like the peak I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict, I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict, Russ and Rocky Other names, Trade Addicts Pie Let's go I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem I am Rocky Pacella, and I also have a trading problem. Hey, everybody, and welcome to session 292 of the Trade Addicts Podcast. Oi, all right, one more time. Hey, everybody, and welcome to session 292 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we did. Man, imagine if we edited and people didn't realize that I just screwed that up. That'd be so much better. (laughs) It would. It's also the Dynasty Addict, uh, the Trey Addicts podcast, podcast yeah. as well. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So they know what they're getting into. Yeah. Uh, so we came into this thinking we didn't have a guest, you know, hence the tweet saying it was me and Rocky. And then it turns out that Rocky asked Peter Howard and he just didn't answer at the time. And then Peter said yes. And now we can't find Peter. So it's been an emotional roller coaster. Where it has. We, we, I, I fully expect him to show up about 30 minutes into the show. Or 30 seconds before we end it. That's um, it. <laughs> so it's, I told him, feel free to pop in whenever you do. So maybe we'll have a guest at some point. If not, it's just Rocky and me. And that should be good enough for you. Come on. Exactly. Like, again, you know what you're getting into with this. Where are your expectations that you feel like you need something else? And, and they, they know we're lazy. They know we don't schedule guests properly half the time. Seriously, but, like, I have a guest <laughs> scheduled for, like, three weeks from now. Just putting it out there. So we'll be good then. Okay, good. All right, so, well, Rocky, did you make the SFB playoffs? I did, and I lost. There's only like 400 teams get cut, and I was one of them. Yes, it went from 1662 to 1250, and you're looking at number 588 right over here. Nice. I'm like six, I was 16-something. That's how low I was. I, I, I actually had a decent regular season and had like a decent amount of points being added to my score. And my team just bombed this week. I had Josh Dobbs in, at quarterback. I had uh, Thielen. I had Nakua. Uh, I started a kicker trying to just get like four points and he got a zero. <laughs> so yeah, it everything just went wrong this week. It was just, you know, at least it's just like, you know what? It's just not your year for this. Yeah, no. It wasn't close. It wasn't anything. You're just like, and, nah. And the whole year wasn't my year. I mean, sort of. Even though I made the playoffs, I finished like 9-13, and 13, even though I was like third in points in my division. It was just, it was, it was, uh, it was, this, the writing was on the wall coming in, I think. It's not my year. I mean, I kind of crushed it, I'm just going to say. <laughs> Good for I, you. I, I hope you win the whole lovely. thing. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> the fact that I made the playoffs even kind of made me laugh in the first place. Um, but congratulations to the other 1,249 people who are still in the playoffs with me. Um, <laughs> sucks to be you, Rocky, and all the other thousands of people not in the playoffs at the moment. Uh, but let's let's get back to just fantasy football in general, where the only real news we have so far is kind of news where Jonathan Taylor comes back, he's doing well, he's doing well, he scores a touchdown, he injures his thumb. Now, we have no firm knowledge of what actually happened. Rocky said something, like Jim Irsay said it would only be a couple of weeks. Two to three is what I saw when I Googled it. Which, I mean, what week are we in? 12? I mean, that's, you'll get him back for the playoffs, I guess. Hopefully. Uh, But, again... I, like, I don't think there's really any dynasty impact on that because what's three games, even to a 24, 25 year old running back, three games isn't going to matter. But I mean, we'll t- someone asked a question about Zach Moss, so we'll get to that later. Um, we only have a couple of trade addicts trades, so we're just going to do those first because we have a lot more listener questions and some fun ones. So, what, you know, Russ, though, what what did you do with Frank? He's not in the chat. It's it's very it's very weird. It's he, like, disorienting. Frank has quickly become the love of my life. He, he <laughs> messaged me before. He's like, tell he wasn't going to be here. That he's not going to be able to to make it to watch the show and let me know the only news he knew of was the Jonathan Taylor stuff. Like even when That's he can't awesome. make it, he, he tells you the news. news. That's <laughs> I hope our, our, our news correspondent. Yeah, and he's also the guy, uh, our guest, that one I have like three weeks from now. Oh, okay. Uh, so I oh, finally you got him to actually come on. We got through to Frank. Okay. Peer pressure, pressured enough that he he accepted the invitation to come on. Of course, we'll see when it actually happens, but you know, it's in the works. <laughs> um, so trade addicts trades are twelve lean suits. Wow, dude, not my night for talking. Trade addicts leagues are twelve team super flex PPR tight end premium one point seven five points per tight end reception with point zero five points for return yardage, except for TA one. But they don't trade in TA one anymore, so it doesn't even matter anymore. They just they realize that I'm 12 and I and it's just there's, there's, no, there's point. no point. Yeah, there's just no point. Oh man, like I was talking to Rocky before we actually started. I'm spike contending in TA one, and I'm six and six, and I need such luck to get into the playoffs because the team I'm in seventh. The team in sixth has a ton of points, so I need him to win, and other teams to lose or I could win and get in except I play that that sixth place team who has scored a ton of points this year this next thankfully Rocky 12 and 0 Rocky plays against Andrew Hall who I need to lose and I'm sorry Andrew, but I'm not sorry at all I want Andrew you, you will be crushed <laughs> I have There's to do most it I've ever heard Rocky trash talk in the five <laughs> years of our friendship pretty much uh, but I loved it anyway. All right, so let's move on to Trade Addicts 3, where Keenan Allen got traded for a playoff first. This jerk, who is in second place behind me, traded for Keenan Allen, and I'm very upset about it because it's a good idea. I just don't have Sorry, Russ. This was Oh, me. it was you! <laughs> I mean, it's a great idea. I mean, it's the right move. Um, we're both 10 and 2. I have 120 points on top of them. It's fine. It's fine. As long as I keep my buy, that's all I really care about. Um, but clearly, this to me is exactly Keenan Allen's value, right? Like, at this point, he doesn't matter how old he is. He's scoring well enough that yeah. he's going to be – he's worth a first. I mean, that's just where we're at. And 
anybody who is in the playoffs, if you need a player, should absolutely be willing to sell their first to go get Keenan Allen. Yeah, and I am. I actually think I may have been barely in the playoffs when this trade was made uh, last week. Decisions but, were made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been I, the whole year. I've been mediocre, uh, and I, even points wise, I think I wouldn't. I'm not top six, but I think my record was or something. You're like six that. and six right now, man. Like you don't That's really what I'm have saying. A, a my a bad but, team. Like, but my team is not that good, and the, your your team is good. Jay's team is good. And I actually sent him an offer. Uh, he has a higher first, and I sent him Eckler a couple of weeks ago. Eckler and Allen for two firsts, and he he decided that that was too much, I guess, for two old guys. But uh, he came back to a it. Team, no less. I know, true. <laughs> but he uh, he came back to this uh, this week, and yeah, to me, it was pretty easy. Like I said, I. I, I I could make the playoffs, especially if I held on to Keenan, but I think I have no chance of actually winning the league. So I and I have no first either. So I, I figured it was an easy call for me to to just take the first. Keenan will never, ever, ever, ever get a first in the non-point scoring season. So I, I, it was a pretty easy call for me. Yeah, and, and also like keep in mind what Rocky just said there. Like if you're a middling team you don't have to push to make the playoffs. Like, especially if you're like our, in Trade Addicts, we have the Toilet Bowl, which the winner of the Toilet Bowl gets the 113. It gets the last pick of the first round. Like, sometimes it pays just to come in seventh. <laughs> you yeah, know? If you're, exactly. If, if you're a decent team, then you got a decent shot at getting... I think you do do it now where the worst teams get buys or something like yes. that. Yeah, um, we I see- like... Yeah. Um, the seeding for the toilet bowl is opposite, like the playoffs, where playoffs for the good teams, the first and second seed get the first week by. But in the toilet bowl, the 11th and 12th teams get the buy because that's really what the point of it is. It's for the bad team. So give the worst teams the best chance at making their team a little better. Um, but I have, again, we were talking about it before, Trade Addicts 4 and 5, where I am dead in the middle, like, seven and six and six and six like those are like my records in the two of them and i'm borderline playoffs in both of them and i'm sitting there just like at least in five i have my first but regardless like i don't feel the need to make the playoffs because my teams are mostly young and again that of course i don't get a buy because of the way that they're structured but like being the best non-playoff team gives me a chance to get that extra quote unquote first round pick and I know there's a lot of people that don't like that and I love that we have Kane who's in Trade Addicts 8 who says if he ever gets that pick he will skip it he will he won't trade it away he won't use it he will just waste it he will tell he will tell me to skip his pick when it's on it because that's how much he hates it I I love the dedication yeah I'm actually not a fan of getting 113s I I I know it's only one pick, but I hate how it devalues, you know, it slightly devalues all the seconds because there's an extra pick in there. Um, but I will absolutely take it if in a TA3 I'm I'm like the seventh seed and uh, I easily beat all the other teams. I'm picking that 113 for sure. <laughs> See, like the real problem was like when we did this in like 2015, 16, 17, we didn't have this many good players as we do now. <laughs> Like we hit 2020 and we're like, crap, that 113 is worth a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like even in like 2019, there was plenty of bad choices, but like 
you still could have gotten like DK Metcalf around there, or of course been like me and taking JJ Ortega Whiteside. But like, but in like 2017, 2018, like there wasn't this good of people. And then 2020 rolls around, and we're looking at Higgins and Pittman, and it's just like, oh, yeah. all right. There you go. Can't I'm not going to change it now, but you know, it, like honestly, really, it just uh, the one thirteen did not seem as good then as it is now. But yeah. it's still just fun. And now, given how some of the wide receivers are doing this year, maybe the third or fourth round is where you want to be, right? Spoiler for a question we'll have later. Yeah, I was about to say we'll talk about that again <laughs> later. Uh, but let's move on to the next one. Trade Addicts Nine. This was. Uh, one of the teams derailed by the Joe Burrow injury. He just he lost Joe Burrow, and he's like, I'm not even trying anymore because he was a middling team. But he sold Derek Carr, Tyreek Hill, and a 24 second for what right now is, I believe, the 103 and his first back. Now, he's in like sixth or seventh place. He's not getting it past like four or five, but still it's his own destiny, I guess. So that carries some value. So Derek Carr, Tyreek Hill, and a second. And the second is weirdly his also. <laughs> so we know that mid first to second is exactly 12 yeah, rounds. Yep. I love when you, like because that just makes <laughs> it so easy to value. So an early first and mid first for Derek Carr, Tyreek Hill, and a second. <sighs> Would you pay this to try and win? I mean, this feels like too much to me. Uh, Derek Carr is the exactly. guy, kind of guy that everyone like ascribes to me. Oh, that's a rocky type of quarterback. I never. I, I think I have a couple shares, but I never try and trade for Derek Carr. Like Derek Carr is like the definition of middling at best. And I try and get cheap guys, but I try and get cheap guys with upside. And I just don't see it. like you know like. It's not happening this year, but say like Stafford is a guy went in at the offseason. And he he's very, very middling too. He's probably in the teens or twenties in terms of even the this week had game. a really good week. Yeah, he did. Uh but but there you know, we saw a couple of years ago when he was healthy that he that he was like fifth overall or something like that, without even being able to run. Uh so that those are the kind of guys I shoot for. Derek Carr is like I don't even know if he's ever had a QB one season. Uh, uh he had that his the second MVP or third year, year yeah. he was almost MVP at the end of back injury. Right, but since then, uh, so no. so I, like, I, ahead, I sorry. just sorry. I was just gonna say I did. That's what and Tyreek. I mean, I don't want to. I don't. I don't really. I, maybe he's worth it, but I don't want to pay two first for a twenty-eight nine-year-old receiver, whatever he is. Uh, I know he's great, um, but I, so I mean, that's basically what I, did. I know. You're getting the second Derek Carr, but neither one of those does much for. Would me. you? Would you give what looks like the 103, 104 for Tyreek Hill? I don't think so. Yeah, it's a little high. Because yeah, like, it, it, being Marvin Harrison, you feel crappy about it. But still, Tyreek Hill is going to give you like two years of elite production still. after. That. Yeah, and I, I can't fault someone too much for it. But that is going to probably be a really – like there's two – you know, the two good quarterbacks mm-hmm. that are at the top and Marvin Harrison. And if it, if it ends up being one of the three, you're guaranteed one of those guys. Uh, I'm I'm not up with it enough to know who's the one of four. Those are the three names that I really I really are in my brain right now is uh, Williams, May, and 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 Harrison. Uh, I'm sure there's probably a great running back out there that I'm not thinking of. No, nobody. Okay, there you wide go. Receivers galore. <laughs> this is going to be a wide receiver draft. I love it. I started uh, Travis May joined Dynasty Wall Street, and it was it's great because you know we used to have 
we used to have Kane on there, who yeah. I love Kane. Kane is brilliant, but Kane's not. You really had to bring another Debbie guy. <laughs> yeah, but Kane's not really. Travis is a talker. So, like, I ask a question about Derek Carr, and he starts talking about all these young wide receivers for some, for no reason whatsoever. I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. Like, I'm taking notes as he's talking. Yeah, I, um, I, I listen, and you'll throw something to Kane. He'll be like, yes. um but yeah but travis is a talker so you learn a lot of things and there's gonna be a lot of very good wide receivers but it's really funny because i pull i i have trade addicts three pulled up because we were talking about rocky's team in it before and you know how you can point to like a point in time when a player stops doing well Derek carr had a pretty good streak starting week 15 18 21 21 21 18 dustin trades him to savvy six and a half 15 there you go. So anyone relying on Derek Carr, blame Dustin for trading him away. Um, but yeah, like, here's the thing. Like, it's really funny. Like I joked saying, knowing that those picks are 12 apart really helps because like, let's pretend you're, you're willing to give the 103, 104 for Tyreek for a chance to win. Winning is worth it. If you want to do that, that's absolutely fine. Like if you were telling me that this was like the 108 for Carr and like the 204, I would be much better with it as opposed to this being like the 106 and 206. And like that, that's really, it's really funny that we know exactly those, how far apart they right. are to be able to, because it, again, it, it makes it easier for me to be like, Ugh. but I also just, I get wanting to win. I really just get wanting to win. So even though I don't really like it, I don't blame them whatsoever. Um, I mean, I'm going to win TNA anyway, so. Oh, I am not. I am. I have the one one. So <laughs> yeah. you guys do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm in second, and Ryan's in first. I think, or we're tied, something like that. Yeah. And then we move on to TA eleven, where we have Luke Musgrave and Kyle Pitts for TJ Hawkinson. I'm good with this, honestly. Like Musgrave is going to be. Uh, seems like he's going to be another one of those guys that's a fine tight end, especially in a tight end premium. Kyle Pitts. Like, it's such like a running joke at this point that by the time his contract is over in Atlanta, he'll still be younger than the incoming rookie tight ends. So, <laughs> yeah. like, if you're willing to just hold for a bit, like, it could just pay off so well. And, of course, Hawkinson is just going crazy right now. So, again, another move to win. I like this both directions where if you're if you're not full on rebuilding, I, I think the move is to hold Hawkinson regardless, like just to find a way to get other points off your team. But if you, if you really want to get points off your team, I, like Pitts and Musgrave seems like a, a good pivot to stocking up on tight ends in a tight end premium league. See, for me, I, I don't think I would do this. I, I think it's relatively fair. Uh, but Which direction wouldn't you do? I want Hawkins, even in a rebuild, I want Hawkinson. Hawkinson's 26. I mean, yeah. that's not old for a tight end at all. At all. And I, I just look to make sure he's the tight end too. And this isn't just like, oh, he's, you know, Kelsey is great and everyone else is whatever. Like he's two points a game behind Kelsey. He's t- t- averaging 20 in, in 1.75 premium. He's averaging 20 points a game, 20 and a half points a game. So he's like pretty much elite like he's having an elite season this year uh and he's been pretty good ever since the vikings got him uh he he ticked up last year after he got traded from uh the lions to the vikings so uh i mean i guess cousins future is uncertain there uh so we don't know what the quarterback situation will be like but i mean 
He's still producing. Yeah, he's still producing with Dodgers. I mean, the last three weeks, uh, I don't remember the exact week Cousins got hurt, but the last three weeks, it's uh, 38. This is again 1.75, 12 and a half, and then 19.75. I mean, those are all, you know, very good weeks. So I, I want, I, I want Hawkinson. And I, I, I still, I am very, very pro pits. Like, I know people are just like, you know, super down on them now. I still think it might take another year or two because I think we probably have to wait for Arthur Smith to get fired. But, uh, and that's not happening this year because they're doing too well. But five and six, then they're, they are in a wild card spot. Yeah. So, um, five and six and in a wild card spot. It, I, it's, it's a long wait. So I get getting down on pits. I actually love doing this for, for Hawkins and Musgrave. Like you said, I think he could be nice. He could be one of those tight end nine to twelves that you can dependably yeah. start, but it's never going to be Hawkinson, uh, for instance, or, or even, I don't even necessarily think it's even going to be a Goddard or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely do this. I, I think, like I said, I think I would even do this if I was rebuilding, I would still be okay with trading the two young tight ends for Hawkinson. Cause that this, you know, ever since I've been on this podcast, I've loved Hawkinson. Yeah. So we've been talking about him for years. So, I, I just maybe I I've got uh, uh, purple colored glasses on for Hawkinson, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I think I I would take the Hawkinson side, but I don't think it's like a bad. I don't think it's like oh my god, this is easily Hawkinson, but it, it, just my love for Hawkinson pushes me that way. Yeah, and and I get it, and I agree with you that personally, I think the answer is Hawkinson, but again, like this went down, and I was just like, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, I totally get getting the two young guys in a, in a rebuild that aren't producing now. Yeah. All right. And the last trade that's on our sheet, I need to be honest. It happened at 11 o'clock on Tuesday last week, and I do not remember if we talked about it. And if, since Rocky is a jerk and doesn't listen to the show and he's not I honest, usually do. It just didn't happen to this time. What's really funny is I literally <laughs> never do. Um, well, no, I only listen when I'm not on. I, I don't listen to the our, to our shows. Oh, I, would, like, oh my, I would never listen to a show. Yeah. That sounds awful. Um, but we're going to talk about it again anyway if we did talk it. Um, so – Brock Purdy and DeAndre Swift for Joe Burrow. And the reason, like, it's really because, you know, how many shows I'm on at this point where, you know, I've brought, I know I brought this up at a couple of times, but um, in a league that I co-manage with Addison Hayes, we had Joe Burrow, well, we have Joe Burrow. And we got offered Purdy in a first for Joe Burrow. And I rejected it real fast. Didn't check with Addison. I just hit that reject button, like, no. Like, I get it. Purdy's doing pretty well. And we are now riding, like, Gino and someone else not great. Um, but still, I, I just – I wasn't willing to do that. And well, we already have Swift on our team, so, like, you know. Um, but I, I, I think that's too far a drop. And while I love Swift – hey, Herms. Um, and Swift has a wonderful playoff schedule. Uh, fantasy playoff schedule so i get it it's you know a nice addition which you know spoiler alert for one of the questions coming later also but to me this is still really far away from joe burrow's value even though like even in the situation where it's like you know what i want to keep competing even though i lost burrow you know the real answer is you don't really trade the hurt person to replace the hurt person but if you do like i don't think you sacrifice this much value I am 100% with you, and it's probably not a surprise because I've never been the biggest Brock Purdy fan. 
but uh, he's actually doing better than I thought. I know he started off well, and then he kind of tailed off, and now he's kind of ticked back up. I'm, I'm just looking at his weekly stats. Um, until this past week, yeah, until, and until this last week, uh, the last four weeks, he was like 24, 26, 30, and then he, he had a yeah. not good game this past week. Uh, but he's QB 11 in points per game, which is better than I thought he would be, but I think that's like his absolute ceiling. And I, I, I you know, Joe Burrow is young. I get wanting points, but to me, this is like you said, it's a little it's sort of a bridge too far. And Swift even is like, I love Swift, especially as an Eagles fan. But he's been he's been kind of up and down himself. He did a little stretch there where he wasn't doing. They weren't running the ball well at all. Uh, I don't have his stats in front of me, but I would expect is, like for a month there he wasn't doing that great. He's points per game RB thirteen at fourteen and a half points per game, and I mean he has a floor of about ten points, which isn't bad. Like his highest point total was that week two still at twenty seven points. Came close last week at 19.7. Yeah, he had a but, solid. Like, yeah, he's insanely solid and, again, has a very good schedule going forward. So he'll be helpful for your team, but it's Joe Burrow, man. Yeah, he's just – and, again, I'm, I'm not – I actually might just buy Joe Burrow at this price. But I, I'm generally not buying uh, high, you know, high-priced quarterbacks. Um, but I don't really – if I have them, I don't like to sell them unless I'm getting a ton. And I definitely don't want to sell low, even with the – I get the – you were contending with Joe Burrow when you need the points. This is this is too low for me. I yeah. it, it's an RB two and a QB two like for Joe Burrow. That's that that seems kind of ridiculous. Yeah, not 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 a fan. All right, let's get on to the listener questions at the Casey Kasem. Yay, Casey! What TV show would you reboot if you could pick one? I thought hard about this because honestly, like I don't. I don't feel the need to reboot TV shows because I'm absolutely fine just watching them over and over again. I'm in the middle of watching Avatar The Last Airbender for like probably the eighth or ninth time right now. Um, Actually, so here's the journey I went on. Um, I watched (laughs) Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and then Teen Titans. It was a wonderful, wonderful journey. Um. And then I'm like, all right, I need to just like break from superheroes a bit, but not too much because I mean, your avatar is still pretty comic booky. Um, but like, I I, I I couldn't think of a real answer to this. But the one that stuck out to me was Heroes, hmm. even though it wouldn't work anymore because comic books are a thing now, and they really weren't as big yeah. in the early 2000s. But Heroes, the first season of Heroes, was some of the best TV I've ever watched. And then it was complete garbage. For it the went off the rails. Like, yes, <laughs> I hate watched that show. I, I I just I wouldn't give up on it, but I hated every second of watching it. Yeah, like, I it think was, I remember the last season. I'm just like, what the f is going on? It was <laughs> so bad. Like they and honestly, like you can tell it was the station's fault. It was like the the big wigs' fault because season one happened. It was awesome. They came out. The writers came out. and They're like, we're starting over. Like. Brand new comic book, pretty much. New characters, everything. And then all of a sudden, 90% of the characters came back. Because the show did well. They're like, you mm-hmm. can't change characters. So you can't. <laughs> no one's going to watch if these players, these people aren't here. You know? And, and so, like, that's, like, the only reason I kind of would be good with their reboot was because it had such potential. And, like, Herms is in here saying freaks and geeks. 
you can't redo that to me. Yeah, the writer strike really. Yeah, but like shows like the two shows I put next to each other are Heroes and Chuck. Chuck absolutely survived the writer strike. I never saw any of shows did. Heroes, it just died. Um, like I, I can sort of see what he's saying. I'm sorry, I was just gonna say this. Sort of see. I, I never actually saw Freaks and Geeks, but I've heard how awesome it is. I really should watch it. But it was it only like is, a season, right? It or yes. two. It, it is pure '90s angst. Like it was. It was one of those things where it was the first real Judd Apatow we got a taste of. Yeah. And like, you know, James Franco, Seth Rogen, Jason's like every, all of his people are pretty much in it. And it was the acting and it was fantastic. The writing was fantastic. It was, it was everything about it was perfect, except for the fact it just didn't get renewed for another season. But like, I don't think you, you can recapture what that was. Like that's the problem with wanting to reboot a show like that. It's just like a little too good. And for for mine, I went a I kind of went a totally different direction than you did. For because first of all, I I didn't think about it that long. And then also, oh, this, this question I I saw it. Like I usually try and not look at the questions, and I'm kind of glad I did for this one. But like, and then also I picked a fabulous show, but I just think it the concept could work it would be an easy thing to sort of bring back and this goes with the um the caveat that uh i would want the original showrunner back if he hadn't turned out to be such a jackass but uh buffy the vampire slayer uh, because it, it was so good if you could bring if josh Whedon wasn't a creep um and you could yeah, you could bring him bad. back to do it and like it's the concept is something that you could so like you know you could do it 20 30 years later whatever yeah. it is now uh different people and it it would totally make sense you know what i'm saying because the you know it's the, there's always a chosen one and all that there's kind another of stuff. player yeah yes so and then you can you know you could probably incorporate buffy in some way as like a mentor or something sarah michelle Gellar bring her back if she's able to do it so all that kind of stuff um so that was the one that popped in my head yeah and, and i'd be down for that that show I actually, my wife was obsessed with that show. Like I knew every I single minute of the musical show. episode oh, me too. three years before I saw the actual episode. <laughs> but I sat and I watched it and the show was really, really good. Um, it's really funny. Like the reason, like, one of the reasons it was that good and, you know, it's not something that, again, it's so weird because we're old. Like there wasn't really ensemble shows like that where, there was like six main characters that had different story arcs. And I'm yes. not talking like half hour sitcoms, like friends and stuff like that. Like including the, the, the bad guys sometimes like spike and, and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, the fact that like angel got his own show after that, just because David Boreanaz is gorgeous, but that's not the point. <laughs> um, but like Joss Whedon is really, really good at ensemble cast. Hence why they brought him in to do the Avengers movie. So like, again, like like it's hard to explain nowadays why Buffy was as good as it was like it it's like trying to explain to kids now why the Beatles are good but they're just like it's boring like no 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 you're listening wrong yeah and on top of what you said it was just it was just amazingly well written too like the dialogue was fantastic for that yes. show and because yeah Joss Whedon is very good yes. at at making shows apparently he's just a jerk yes uh, <laughs> Eric says Alf, which honestly that crossed my mind, and I wouldn't be. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, except it would be CG and not a puppet, and that would make me hate it. Um, at JB Cho Knows asks, Puka Nakua or Tank Dell? I love this question because, like, we're again, like you said before, third or fourth round rookie picks. Let's go, yes. baby. Man, it looks like Tank Dell might be the answer. It, like, he is the he might be the real deal, and I love it because at least one of the tanks became it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, we. It felt like what Puka was doing wasn't going to be sustainable. And it doesn't necessarily seem like it's completely his fault right now. Like something isn't. Yeah, I mean, Cup is playing bad now, too. I mean, not producing. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I don't blame it necessarily. Like you said, on Puka just like falling off the cliff because he was never going to be that good. I think, you know, things are just funky there. Stafford got hurt and the offense has just been struggling. But I'm totally with you in part because of Stafford. Like, Tank is tied to CJ Stroud and can't hate that. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, he, you know, and he's, he's, he's looking like a wide receiver one. I mean, he's had so many good weeks. He's had a few down weeks early and then everything else is like double digits, including, uh, one, two, three, four, 20 plus point games and a 19.8 in PPR. So it's again, just like I said with Puka, I mean, you don't play this good as a rookie and, and then you're not, you know, you're not good. It's not just because they don't have, you know, a lot around them or whatever excuse you want to make. He's, I mean, he might not be a wide receiver one. He would just borderline actually right now. He's wide receiver 14, I think in points per game. All right. That's not, this is tank just wide is receiver 14 10, overall. Tank is 10 and Puka is 12. Okay. Yeah. I had, I have, I think I have it sorted right now by overall because he missed a game. So it's showing him as 14. But yeah. So yeah. So actually, he is a wide receiver. And I don't know that he's going to be a wide receiver one for his career, but just like Puka, I think um, he's going to be really, really good. Uh, maybe they bring someone in that's like a stud. Uh, but uh, I don't okay. think they have a first next year, though, right? They do not. Arizona. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's probably going to be the guy there for a while. Uh, and even if they bring somebody else in, I, I don't think he's just going to fall off the face of the earth or something. He's playing way too well to think that. And I mean, if you watched, I think it was this last week, he had like an amazing catch this last week, but uh, it, which he's done more than once. So, yeah, he's he's the real deal. And Puka is, too, I think. I just he I think t- Tank's in a better situation. Everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. All right. At J Mike check. Love you fellas. Oh, love you too. J Mike. What lessons has this season taught you? Are there experiments you tried this year that prompted you to shift perspective or thoughts? I hate that J Mike asked such good questions. I I know. Oh wait, real quick before we do move on, Eric is asking Mark Andrews or tank Dell in a mid first. I think I would Del. take Dell in the first. I'll take tank Dell in the first just because like I get it. Andrews is really, really good. He's still 28. He's young enough for a tight end. But I just feel like in the long run, you could do more with Delano first than than Andrews. Because, I mean, I had Andrews and hated him after I didn't win championships last year and completely blamed him for it. I had a really hard time moving him. Um, But again, like if Del settles in and, and once the season ends as like a top 15 wide receiver, which it seems like it's a very real possibility, I don't think that they're drafted that far apart in startups next season. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And it, it, uh, t- again, I, I looked at the stat and he's actually, Andrews is actually a little better than I thought overall. Uh, he's three points per game. Yeah. So, uh, but I still like, 
I don't feel like I did like, you know, we haven't seen the Mark Andrews of two to three years ago where he was like super elite, like Kelsey level almost. Uh, so yeah, Adele in a mid first, like you said, I just feel like there's a lot more potential. I mean, it's basically borderline two first. I mean, Adele's pretty much a late first at this point. Doesn't he have to be? So yeah, it's pretty much two first for Mark Andrews. And I just don't know if I want to do that, especially, you know, Dell's a young player. 21st is a pick that everybody wants, you know, so I think I'd rather have that. Yeah. And I mean, let's face it, if you're going to trade away, Andrews, you're going to want to first and you're pretty much getting it. So like, I, yeah. I feel like it's a good deal on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So back to J Mike asking what lessons has this season taught you? Are there experiments you tried this year prompted you to shift perspectives or thoughts? I'm going to answer the second question first. I, I didn't try anything new this year. Last year I tried, running backs on a, in a league or two and now i'm stuck with them still so i don't think i want to do that anymore <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong like it's christian mccaffrey and saquon so i'm not super sad about it but i just i don't know it feels weird looking at my teams and not just having stud wide receivers um but honestly what lessons has this season taught me i, I and this is gonna sound weird coming from me because it just seems like it should have been common sense anyway. Like, I stopped, like, I was overthinking trades too much for a while. Like, you know, you maybe with the button fu- pusher? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, someone would send me a trade offer and I'd be like, okay, well, what, well, what do I want? What do I, what, and and it, like, it, it was really funny that it was this, you know, donating a dollar to Fantasy Cares for every trade I make that made me more likely to hit accept. And it's not like it, it made my teams better. It's not like it did anything. But that's the thing. It, it didn't make my teams worse. Like, you know, it, it took the stress away. I'm in enough teams and in cheap enough leagues where, you know, I don't need to stress that much about it. So it's really more like reinforcing the fact that it's game. It's fun. Like, don't overthink it. Just if you want those players, get those players. If you want to trade that player away. Maybe you're not getting as much as you want, but just take it anyway. Like it's like you don't have to be so steadfast to to values or to even to what you thought your team was supposed to look like. Like if there's a trade that seems worthwhile and you like the players and you're getting, just go do it. I'm with you, and I, I can't think of sorry, J Mike. I can't think of any experiments I tried this year, anything that shifted my perspective. Uh in terms of lessons the season has taught you, the first thing that popped in my mind is more just reinforcing what I've always thought, which is quarterbacks. One one of the great things about how I like to play is when you get a quarterback injury, it's not a death knell for you, which like for some people who had Joe Burrow and had to trade him for Brock Purdy and DeAndre Swift, uh, it kind of is. Um, like if you're not paying for the high-priced quarterbacks, then you're not – in dire straits when you lose one. And I, I had plenty of cousins, but even that, because I'm, I was paying cheap for cousins. Uh, you know, I, I, a lot of my teams with cousins that even if I didn't replace him yet, which some of them I haven't, uh, are, are still doing pretty well. I, I can start one quarterback in a lot of leagues and still put up like a, a 150, 60, 70 points, um, because of how I structure my teams that obviously those guys can get hurt too. Uh, but I tend to have depth and I tend to have good uh, starters um, because I don't pay up for quarterbacks. So I kind of uh, just reinforced that for me. And, and I guess one other thing I was just thinking um, because of what we were talking about earlier is just, are we, 
do we maybe undervalue third and fourth too much? You know, like we got a, a Puka and a tank. Like th- those are really good players. Yeah, but I, it's it's not as if hit I know rate it's not zero. Another one, by the way, Kyron Williams. Also, well, that should years. not have fallen in general. Like I, yeah. I love Kyron. You know, I've always been a fan of receiving backs that just run too slow on their 40 and drop two rounds because then you could just get them cheaper. You know, like I was a really like, I believed in Kyron Williams. So I have a bunch of shares of him and it worked out very nicely. Like, yeah, like I guess it's more of, I mean, there's definitely a lot of luck involved. Absolutely. But maybe that's diversifying in your third rounds to, open yourself to the idea that it's a possibility that you'll hit these. Cause this isn't going to happen every year. No. I mean, every, we're going to have third rounds where you get zero players out of it, but like, you know, you get these, you get the Deontay Johnson's. It was short lived, but Kenny Galladay's like, there's a lot of people that come out of the thirds, you know, that end I up. Remember, being... this, yeah. This is a while back, but I remember I had multiple Terry McLaren shares. I got in the third round. Yep. Yep. I did not, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I paid the first for him afterwards. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you, and yeah, it, it would be nice if this happened. If this happened more often, then third yeah, wouldn't, I'm third sure. Wouldn't be valuable, but you know, two weeks from now, I'll be just saying, yeah, who cares about third? Who cares? But, <laughs> but that that also stands with if there's a player you like and you believe in them, it doesn't matter that they're drafted in the third. Go get as many as you can. Like I have a whole lot of Puka. I have a bunch of Kyron. I have a bunch of Tank. Well, yeah, maybe that's the lesson to take. Try more often to get third and fourth turn into trades, like just in case you know you, one of these one of those picks ends up being one of these guys. Like most of the time, most people are not going to care like that you added a third, especially if you had a fourth. But if you had a, even a third, most people are not going to care. You know, based on the original trade you were going to send, like just add a third almost every time, and if they counter without the third, then you can still take it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at Messi, at Messi Messick, JT injury hurt. How much are you paying to go to go get Moss? If it turns out it's really only a two three week injury, uh, I'm not. You've been doing fine without JT for this long. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you. Although you know he's still tenth in the league in rushing. Zach Moss. Well, he had a lot of really good weeks, but like, yeah, it's just it's just funny to me. Down to nothing while Jonathan Taylor was out there. Like, look, if you can go get him for a third, who cares? Go get him for a third. I know, of course, we were just saying how much you should want thirds now, but like, I know. yeah, like it's he seems to be one of the best handcuffs in the league at the moment because, and unfortunately, this the Colts are still one of those teams that believe in workhorses, which ninety percent of the teams don't anymore. But yeah, if you can get Zach Moss for a third, you're like you're competing second for Moss in a third, like sure. Why not? Cause it's probably not that much of a value hit at that point, but like, I don't think I'm seeking that out. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. And I, I was just thinking, as you were saying it, even if I'm competing, like, especially if I'm high end competing, you were doing it without Zach Moss. I would, I would trade him for, or maybe I'll try and get two thirds for him or something like that. I would, I would trade him on a competing team, uh, even for like a third and a fourth or two thirds, get the value while you can. Uh, and yeah, it, it, you know, it'll be, if maybe JT stays out longer and you're, it's possible you regret it, but, uh, I, I'm fine. Like I said, if you're already contending and you're like a top three or four team, uh, just get some value while you can. 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then, oh, all right. I know you're an advocate for no trade deadline, as am I. What is your best reasoning to not have trade deadlines? I need to share it with my league mates to get them on board. I want Rocky to answer this. <laughs> For the pure reason that Rocky used to be pro-deadline and now he is anti-deadline. So I'll let Rocky talk and and then I will add things if necessary. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, basically I just came around to a lot of arguments you had before I was pro-trade-deadline. It's it's rarely, first of all, it's rarely like earth-shattering, league-changing type of stuff that happens, um, even in the playoffs. And... Honestly, the thing that made me most come around to it is that the ones that really benefit are the rebuilding teams. Like, people will overpay like crazy in the playoffs uh, for just any points they can get. Uh, that's that's why I like the no trade deadline. And 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 like basically, as you said, I mean, if if, if people want to give up their you know give up whatever to to win a championship. Let them do it, and it's it's not always going to work. It did with Dustin in the first year of TA3 against me, which I did not appreciate. Uh, I think I remember him going hog wild title week, and I made like, I made like no trades. Um, but, and, and I haven't contended in TA3 since. But, uh, yeah, most of the, a lot of the times it's not even going to work, and I just see no reason to stop it anymore. Like, I... I I was just stuck in because you know you said it we're old and I was just kind of stuck in that old school mentality like you know you should have to go with the team that got you there it's not fair to be able to sell off your soul to to win a championship it, it rarely works out that way uh, so I say let people be free to do what you want to do and and if you do sell your soul for a championship good for you yeah um, it really comes down to everyone has the same opportunity to do everything and rocky made the literal best point that he could have where it's player people are willing to overpay to win championships yeah maybe they'll win the championship chances are their team isn't even better off for the players they've bought but that really helped out those rebuilding teams and that's what this is really about to me like i remember back in this really doesn't good, go well for me long-term. I'm just going to put this out there. So in like 26, 2017, I think it was, Melvin Gordon gets hurt the first week of the fantasy playoffs. And I'm sitting there as a bottom two team with a little man named Austin Eckler on my roster. And I'm freaking out like, I'm, I'm terrible. What am I supposed to do with this running back that I can't get a second for now i should be able to move this player but i'm stuck not being able to get anything for him and he's going to be worth nothing in two weeks when melvin gordon comes back but i know there's a playoff team that would be willing to pay their second for it and that's really what pretty much pushed like i didn't need to be pushed over an edge but that's really what it was that maybe just never want to have a trade deadline again um but like Tell my, my real my the only thing I say these days is give me a good reason why there should be a trade deadline. And the responses I've yet okay, so I haven't most responses you will get are not pro deadline, they're anti no deadline. And what they are against isn't even no deadline, 
it's against what people might do. That's a people problem, not a rule problem. It's the same thing with tanking. I personally don't have an issue with tanking whatsoever. If a team wants to lose, they should be able to lose. They're paying their buy-in. Hopefully they're doing it for a reason. They're not just coming in every season just to donate their money, which, all right, maybe I'll win their money. But like, if people are going to cheat, they're going to find a way to cheat. Then you don't want them in your league anyway. You know, like Rocky said before, you know, there was a team he played against the championship that bought the right players at the right time and he won. Rocky could have done it. Maybe Rocky didn't have his picks. Maybe Rocky didn't have the younger players to trade away, but he knew there was no deadline. He made the choice to not have those. It's fair. Like everyone has the same opportunities, but I still stick with like That's not even normally the case. Usually, you know, we're not good at predicting things. So, Many, many times have I traded for a player in the playoffs because they have the best wide receiver cornerback matchup in the league, and they put up four points. And of course, I lose by 36, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. You know, like, it's ridiculous to believe that we think we can predict who's going to do well. And it's ridiculous to think that someone else in your league would sell Tyreek Hill for a second because they're not in the playoffs. If that happens, maybe you need to kick into that person out because they shouldn't be there anyway, because that's just a bad decision. You know, that has nothing to do with the trade deadline. That's a person problem. And I'm going to probably keep starting to get myself worked up and yelling about how people are terrible. So we're going to move on. But like, hopefully that helped you um, in there somewhere, because like... A Dynasty Trade Calculator tweeted out asking if you, if you have a deadline, and someone replied, this is supposed to, you know, be equivalent to the NFL, and there's a trade deadline in the NFL. And I literally just replied, is it, though? <laughs> no. No, not at all. There's zero about fantasy football that has anything to do with real football. And if that's how you feel, make your trade deadline week seven. Exactly. So I was just thinking the same thing as you said that. The NFL trade deadline is way earlier than most fantasy trade deadlines anyway. Yeah, so, no. And then their response was, could you imagine if, you know, the Cardinals traded for, you know, Justin Jefferson the week before the championship? Again, every single other team had that same opportunity. You're you're trying to create this scenario that seems unfair when every every team is going in in the same... Like, if you were to, like, right now say... Okay, no trade deadline. That's not fair. <laughs> you know, you can't do it mid-season because teams have <laughs> followed the rules and positioned themselves to how they need to be where they need to be. But like if you're you know, even like just going into next year, when maybe they traded away their first. So going out 2 years and you were to say we're getting rid of the trade deadline, everyone's on equal footing at that point. You know, so there is nothing that is unfair. It's just maybe some people are better at trading than others and it frustrates you when i get it it's like me trying to set a lineup it's it's never fun to watch and it usually doesn't work out well <laughs> so, but i'm not gonna be mad i'm not only playing best balls just because i'm bad at setting lineups and other people are good at it it's just i'm gonna stop talking now uh, but hopefully that helped um our cup 17 what are some of our favorite trade deadline buys and who would they be shopping their QB2 range bench guys for? Um, I said DeAndre Swift before he has a really good schedule. Um, San Francisco has actually a pretty decent schedule. So if you want to go get yourself some Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel, 
I'm down for that. I mean, Debo will hopefully be cheaper at this point, but I do like Brandon Ayuk better. Um, other than that, I haven't really looked into schedules too much because that sounds like a smart move and I don't do those. <laughs> um, so I don't really have any like smart ideas, but like, I feel like in the right situation, like you can get those Keenan Allen's Austin Eckler's. I mean, it sucks that Cooper cup is sucking right now, but like you get those guys that teams that are going to start going towards the retooling and rebuilding don't want on their team. Cause they're a little bit older. Like that's, beauty right there is unloading a, a QB2 that you don't even really need or want on your team if you have too many, um, which I'm absolutely proponent of not having a lot of quarterbacks on your team because I just get ans- antsy with too many players and I start trading them away anyway. Like if you can sell QB2 plus like a third, a second or a third for DJ Moore, like that seems like a win. Yeah, um, I'm pretty much with you. I, I don't have, I haven't really been looking at schedules either. Uh, so I don't have anything like schedule specific or even necessarily this year specific, just generally like the general consensus is get the cheap old guys. Like, you yep. know, uh, what one name I was looking at, um, Alvin Kamara, uh, is, is someone you can probably get relatively cheap has not scored in single digits this year. So uh, it's not a great offense, but he and he's not a super high ceiling. But you're probably not gonna. Maybe you have to pay like the one twelve for him. Maybe. Um, yeah, like when he first came back, it seems like you were gonna have to, but he, you probably don't anymore yeah. just because the shine wore off. But he's still scoring mid teens. Yeah, and like you said, Keenan, I would gladly pay a late first for. Um, um, I, I don't know. Five games left in the season for the Saints. They play the number three run defense, 31, 24, 6, 5. Yeah, I did. It doesn't matter for Kamara because he's a wide receiver anyway. Exactly. And I I was trying to look. There was no old wide receiver that stuck out for me uh, other than uh, Keenan. I know a guy you've been – and he's tailed off a little, but I still think you could get random games for a moment. I was looking at tight end. Taysom Hill, you could Mm -hmm. get super-duper cheap and throw him into – if you're starting to start 10 or 11 league, throw him into your last flex spot, and maybe you get a 20-point week out of him. Uh, and then the other guy was looking at a little more expensive, but he's not super young anymore. And I still think maybe people don't, he's not amazing, um, but he's very solid. Evan Ingram. Uh, oh, I, I, I love, love Ingram. Him. Yeah. Ingram so, is my probably second most rostered tight end. And I don't think, I, I mean, does, I get, does Evan Ingram cost you a first? Yeah. yeah. Well, tight end I, premium, yes. Otherwise, yes. probably not. No. But I, I think it would be a late first. Uh, so maybe you could do something more. I, like, I'd rather have Keenan Allen for that late first than, than Evan Ingram. Sure. So uh, maybe you can get Evan, Evan Ingram plus for that late first if you're lucky. So another small piece. But uh, I was just trying to look at another position, and, and, and he he was one guy that stood out for me. Other than uh, other than like I said, super cheap uh, taste Hill. Darren Waller's coming back soon, by the way. Assuming he's yeah, he well, can yeah. come back soon, I should say. And they have a pretty. Nice schedule. They have a bye this week, no less. Coming back to Tommy DeVito, but I guess we'll get to that in a minute. He's doing well enough. I mean, <laughs> Packers, Saints, Eagles, Rams, they're 16, 18, 22, 24. Like, you know, there's a lot of good players out there that are middling in value. <laughs> Eric asks, what do you do when the person you're trying to get Tank Dell off of clearly falls asleep and stops responding? <laughs> you drive to their house and you wake them up to finish those talks. That's what you do. <laughs> um, ascending Descent. 
Do you think Aaron Rodgers comes back this season? Probably no. not. Next year, probably. He seems like he wants to, and like if he was if he was even considering retiring, I don't think he would have bothered talking about coming back in December in the first place. And he seems like that crazy, crazy competitive person that like he wants he has something to prove to the Jets and stuff like that that he can do well, which I'm all for because I really want Garrett Wilson to do well. Yeah, and I, I think you pretty much nailed it. And uh, I think. Uh, had they been kind of staying along the path they were earlier this season, uh, he might have. But yeah, they, they've lost four in a row. They're four and seven. Uh, I don't think he's coming back to to try and get them to to possibly like eight and eight or something. So yeah, it, doesn't seem like yeah, it. it doesn't seem like it makes sense. Yeah. Um, is Joe Flacco a league winner? <laughs> Joe Flacco has never been a league winner, except exactly. for that one year when he won the league. But that's. <laughs> that that was real football. That wasn't fantasy. Football. No, yeah, <laughs> Joe Flacco, uh, Tommy DeVito, or Tim Boyle. I think Tommy that's pretty. DeVito hasn't looked bad. Yeah, that's pretty or, easily. Let DeVito, me change right? that. He hasn't scored poorly. I have not watched <laughs> him play all that much, but you know he's he's doing well enough, and Saquon does, did well enough with him, and he does the forget about it thing when he scores. So it's, <laughs> I'm with it. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure he was. Uh, he had a pretty hefty turnover game somewhere in there, but we don't care about that for fantasy. Nope, not at all. Especially <laughs> in SFB where there are no negatives, which is just ridiculous. Um, and what is your favorite non-traditional fantasy league setting? No, <laughs> we okay. do. <laughs> I don't have one thing. That that's the thing for me. But like. If things are completely weird, I, I, I kind of love it. Like, I have my Harry Potter League, which makes me so happy. Um, it's four divisions of ten teams each. The four divisions are the four houses of Hogwarts. And the divisions are kind of teammates, where the goal of the season is, well, of course, you want to win games, but there's different ways that you get house points for your division, and the, t- the division with the most house points in the end ends up winning. So it's not really about a single person whatsoever. You're like, you're, the 10 of you are playing almost as a single team to go out and try and get house points, which could be, you know, winning games is absolutely part of it. Um, and all of that. So, like, just silly things like that. And... So it's not like one thing, but like I think there are specific league ideas in general that are super interesting. Yeah, I didn't really have anything as interesting as that. Um, I just was thinking I, I kind of like the extremes. I mentioned my league earlier, um, where I have the you know we had super flex start three running backs, four wide receivers, start twelve, two point oh ten in premium. I just like. Yeah. And then I also, and that's a league I run. Another league I run is um, you don't have to start anything. You don't even have to start, you don't have to start quarterbacks. It's zero to 10, all flex Ooh. spots. Uh, and uh, a high tight end premium there to try and force people to, to at least want to start tight ends. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I kind of like the extremes just because it's something different. Uh, like a lot of leagues are, start 10 or 11 and, you know, some kind of tight end premium. And we, you know, me and you play all pretty much super flex leagues. Yeah. Uh, but having some of those weird ones uh, that, like you said, go to the extremes uh, are, are fun to be in, at least in a handful of them. 
it's funny to stop and think that six or seven years ago when I started the Trade Addicts Leagues, um, 0.75 premium and the minimum requirements of starting one at each position was like spicy at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like nothing. Um, last question at FF Tommy B. Do you have a Josh Dobbs moment, meaning thrown into something entirely unprepared and significantly overproduced? Literally anything I've ever done where I've done well in it has been that because I do not prepare for anything. Like, it's funny. Like, I read this question. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to do it right now. And, you know, starting the podcast. That was going to be my answer, this podcast. Especially specifically when you asked me to do this podcast a few years ago. Like, I had done, like, a half a year of junkies or something like that. And... I definitely like in episode to episode, we don't prepare, but I certainly didn't feel prepared to do a much more listened to podcast at the time. Um, I like to think I significantly overproduced. I don't know. Maybe I didn't, but <laughs> you're still here. I haven't kicked you off yet. There you go. So that, that counts for something. But like, seriously, like I absolutely did not prepare for podcasting whatsoever. I was just like, yeah, I think I could do that. I bought like a $30 mic. And at the time there was no stream yard or anything, but like, I didn't, buy anything i was using free everything like i prepared not at all and, and just like went for it so the fact that this is still going 17 and a half years later 430,000 <laughs> shows later like absolutely feels like over overproducing for sure but that's really it otherwise you know like definitely overproduced in the in the wife situation my kids are pretty awesome and i feel like i have no idea what i'm doing I, I overproduced in the kids situation too. And this well, you just have too many. In the number of kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a different, that's a different story. Uh, but on that note, that's the end of our show sheet. So that is going to be the end of our show. Uh, guestless, I guess. We missed you, Peter. Um, <laughs> but our st- Patreon.com. There's our guest for next week, Russ. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, patreon.com slash trade addicts pod you can hang out with us while we record talk to us give us suggestions and all that stuff also we have our awesome group me nope not on group me anymore it's been a while since it has been our um discord chat the cool kids club uh, but most importantly fantasycares.org um it, it's shopping time people have started doing the toys for tot shopping and it is in full swing we have two things going on right now we have the jdrf um the diabetes awareness for the next two days hopefully i put this out before that ends but for the end of november uh fantasycares.org slash jdrf which is the juvenile diabetes research fund um you can be entered to win a mark andrews signed jersey and also fantasycares.org slash gg for giveaway goodness this week um going until the end of monday you could be entered to win either a signed brandon Ayuk jersey or signed amari cooper mini helmet and we need amari cooper to turn this bad gaming around so we're just everybody needs to try and win that amari cooper to, to just to build his confidence you know get amari feeling like he's good again so he can go out there and score some fantasy points for my teams um but on that note i'm I mean, I've been out of things to say since we started and I haven't been saying them correctly anyway. So good night, everybody. Good night, Russ. Thank, Thank you for listening to the Great Attic Podcast. A proud member in the Dynasty Attic Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty and at Dynasty FF Attic. Please subscribe, rate, and review. 
we will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.